KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Thursday, August 26th, San Diego's new approach to tackling homelessness. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Hospitals all across Northern California, from Crescent City on the coast to the Sierra foothills and Sacramento, all are setting up surge tents to deal with the influx of COVID-19 patients again. Dr. Brian Evans is CEO of Dignity Health Sierra Nevada Memorial Hospital in Grass Valley. We're clearly back in a crisis situation related to COVID-19 and the Delta variant, it's causing significant impact to hospitals across the region. Statewide, the number of people in intensive care units is currently as high as last February and has been sharply increasing. Smoke from wildfires in Northern California has now drifted into San Diego County. Alex Tardy is a National Weather Service meteorologist and a former science operations training officer. So those sensitive groups uh, with allergies or asthma or other type of illnesses, you'll probably be the ones mainly affected by the smoke. He says the air quality in San Diego County will continue to deteriorate into Thursday. There's a new way to be warned of a pending earthquake. It's called Shake Ready SD. It's a free phone app made by the county. It works with more than 770 earthquake sensors throughout the state. Here's San Diego County Supervisor Nathan Fletcher. It could give you a a number of seconds to be able to move your family, your friends uh, into a safe place, help avoid serious injury. To get the free app, just go to your app store and search SD Emergency app. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by... Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. San Diego officials are taking more steps to address the chronically homeless. Plans are underway to open what's known as harm reduction model shelters. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman has more. I think every San Diegan would acknowledge that the problem does not visibly is not visibly getting better. Um, and as a consequence, we have to try different approaches, and this is what we're doing. San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria and County of San Diego officials are working to open new kinds of homeless shelters, ones that aim to help those with severe substance addictions. This is not a time to tell people who are willing to raise their hand and accept services uh, that they can't come in here. Um, And if that means uh, bringing someone in who is uh, heavily intoxicated uh, or in other kinds of active conditions that typically or historically have been barriers to admitting them into the service, what the county and the city are now saying is, no, we we want to work with you. The new harm reduction shelters follow a month-long homeless outreach push in the downtown area. San Diego already has several bridge shelters where 100 or more people are staying in group settings. But these new shelters, called safe havens, are designed to be smaller, housing 25 to 50 people in individual rooms. To really bring online a new 
uh, a new capacity that doesn't currently exist. County Supervisor Nathan Fletcher is partnering with Gloria to make this a reality. He says right now many shelters won't let those in who aren't sober or committed to being sober, but he says that drug use will not be allowed inside these new shelters. People aren't going to break the law in a government-funded location, but it's about having an open-door policy that says come as you are. Uh, in whatever state of mind you're in, we welcome you in, um, and 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 we're gonna we're gonna infuse that location with services. Fletcher says people may be staying there for a significant period of time, but I don't know that someone who's been on the streets for a decade who has chronic severe alcoholism and drug addiction, uh, it, it, it it's going to take some time, and that's why we we did an initial five year investment uh, in this project. We've got to make that investment. We've got to make a sustained investment. The county has committed to supplying specialized outreach teams, and it will split shelter operating costs with the city. We want multiple locations, but look, this is very challenging. I mean, everyone wants you to solve homelessness as long as you don't do it anywhere near them. Uh, and and so this is, uh, you know, it's difficult to identify locations, to find locations, to be able to get them going. City officials have been tasked with finding locations for the new shelters. Nothing has been announced yet, but Gloria says community buy-in is key for their success. I promise you that we can accommodate this into a community in a way that actually improves the neighborhood, reduces the number of unsheltered in the surrounding area. I believe that we can do this in a way that actually uplifts the neighborhood, doesn't harm it. Gloria says these harm reduction model shelters have been the missing ingredient for success here. We know that when we do that, it is far more likely that we can break that cycle of addiction, address the underlying mental health concerns, and ultimately get this person stably housed and off the streets for good. That's a part of the notion behind when I say I want to end chronic homelessness. This is how you do it. The city is using American Rescue Plan funding for the safe haven shelters. Then Gloria wants to approach the city council to fund them long term. It's a gap in our system and a part of why uh, we are not seeing the change that we want to see uh, in every one of our neighborhoods, a part of why we're spending more than we ever have, but we're not getting the results that we want. Uh, we want different results. So we're, we're choosing to uh, employ different tools, and I think we'll be proven uh, successful. He says the pilot shelter program is designed to get people who are chronically homeless off the streets, a goal that's also shared by Fletcher. We know that if we bring you in and we make that initial help to say, hey, we care about you, we want to get you some help that that will lead to the, the outcomes that we think are best. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a very different approach and path. The city and county want to open the shelters as quickly as possible. But right now, the timeline is fluid. Gloria says it's important to get them right the first time. It could be a city-owned facility staffed by county workers, um, and that could be it. It could be a privately owned facility uh, with city and county teams with nonprofit partners as well. So um, we're open on that suggestion because at this point in time, uh, we need to get this up and running. We need to start getting folks served in, in these safe havens. And that reporting from KPBS health reporter... Matt Hoffman. Local doctors and health experts are petitioning county leaders to call for indoor masking again. Even the San Diego Superior Court has reinstated all staff and potential jurors wear masks while inside. KPBS's Melissa May has more. San Diego County is now the largest county in California that has not reinstated a mask mandate. We should have a mask mandate. Dr. Eric Topol is the director of the Scripps Research Translational Institute and says the Delta variant is highly transmissible between people, even in outdoor settings. The whole country is currently struggling through its fourth wave of COVID. While we're in it, there's so much circulating virus to deal with. The best thing we can do is up our protection to the max. 
and we're not doing it generally, and that's a problem. Dr. Topol is not the only medical professional who thinks the county needs to mask up again. The San Diego County Medical Society and the Hospital Association of San Diego and Imperial Counties are calling on the county to reinstate mask mandates. Even the superior courthouses in San Diego County now require everyone to wear a mask inside. We're doing it to help everyone that accesses the court. Presiding Judge Lorna Oxney of the San Diego Superior Court cites the Delta variant for masking up her courtroom. We can't be open if we don't have our employees here. If people have to quarantine, if judges can't come in, if the, you know, the deputies and the defendants and the litigants, uh, we just need to keep everybody safe. And so the best way during this Delta surge is to keep everybody in masks. We again asked San Diego County whether a mask mandate would be reinstated. They told us they continue to monitor the situation. For most indoor settings, masks are required for those who are unvaccinated and recommended for those who are vaccinated. Masks are required for everyone in public transit, K-12 schools, and health care. And that was KPBS's Melissa May. Asylum seekers will be forced to continue to remain in Mexico following a new order by the U.S. Supreme Court. KPBS's Alexandra Ronhell has more. The U.S. Supreme Court says the Biden administration has to reinstate a Trump-era policy known as Remain in Mexico, formerly known as Migrant Protection Protocols. The policy says migrants have to stay in Mexico while they wait for their U.S. immigration court dates. President Biden lifted that policy shortly after taking office. But now the Supreme Court is saying Biden's decision to end it was arbitrary and capricious. And it's the same exact standard they used back when Trump was trying to get rid of DACA. Uh, the same standard was used and you're not making a compelling enough argument as to why should this order be lifted. Simon Nasseri, a local immigration attorney, says his clients will have to stay in Mexico many of whom are living in shelters and encampments in Tijuana. The court's decision was a result of lawsuits filed by Texas and Missouri, who said lifting the policy placed a burden on local governments who were faced with an influx of migrants. Nasseri says some progress was being made. Some of those cases were starting to move forward. People were, some people were getting paroled in and being able to complete their cases on a case-by-case -case basis. But for the most part, it has been extremely hectic. He says the pandemic has placed many obstacles for asylum seekers, including a backlog in the courts. Some of them haven't seen a judge for over a year. You know, they haven't had their case called. So we're going back beyond the pandemic, people waiting down there for a court date, and they're still waiting. Their case number still hasn't been called. No one has contacted them. Nasseri says there's a lot of work that lies ahead, with thousands waiting for their immigration cases to be heard. You have thousands of people here in the U.S., who are waiting for something to happen there. So the Biden administration is fighting the immigration battle on more than one front. And that reporting from KPBS's Alexandra Ronhell. Coming up, California's Republican Party is hoping to replace Governor Gavin Newsom in next month's recall election, just as voters replaced Democratic Governor Gray Davis with Arnold Schwarzenegger in 2003. It's kind of hard to imagine the enthusiasm that everyone felt having someone like Governor Schwarzenegger, uh, the Terminator, show up. That's next, just after the break.
Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. With another recall election this September 14th, the state GOP is hoping to do it again. But was Schwarzenegger's tenure ultimately a win for the party? KQED politics correspondent Marisa Lagos has a look back. It wasn't just Davis's unpopularity or Schwarzenegger's Hollywood status that propelled the former actor to victory in 2003. Schwarzenegger capitalized on his position as an outsider, promising to blow up boxes and upend business as usual in Sacramento. He pledged to repeal the so-called car tax and balance the state's budget, but not raise other taxes. Former Republican Assemblyman Sam Blakesley took office around the same time as Schwarzenegger. It's kind of hard to imagine the enthusiasm that everyone felt having someone like Governor Schwarzenegger, uh, the Terminator, show up and claim he was going to fix the state, he was going to clean house, and he was going to restructure government so it worked more like a business. Blakesley, who eventually became the Assembly Republican leader, says it wasn't just Republicans who were excited, though. I remember talking to lobbyists and fellow Republicans and even Democrats who were genuinely excited to see what he could get done. At the beginning of his tenure, says former Schwarzenegger Communications Director Rob Stutzman. The party did consolidate around him for, for quite a while. But governing is different than campaigning, and Schwarzenegger soon found himself faced with a massive budget deficit, in part because he repealed that car tax. In his first year, Schwarzenegger had political wind at his back and managed to convince voters to borrow $15 billion to close the spending gap. But one year later, when he tried to go around the state legislature with another series of ballot measures, voters resoundingly rejected a package that, among other things, would have curbed state spending and weakened public employee unions. After losing that ballot fight, Schwarzenegger brought more powerful, experienced Democrats into his administration, including a new chief of staff. That was the point when a lot of Republicans broke with Schwarzenegger. Blakesley says the governor listened to those Democratic advisors. And Arnold embraced their perspective, and a lot of Republicans were aghast and you know, deeply confused because they literally thought they had voted for and had one type of governor at the top of the ticket and woke up the next day and found out he was someone altogether different. Budget fights with both parties in the state legislature would color Schwarzenegger's entire tenure. But another former Republican assembly leader during that time, Connie Conway, says she saw his willingness to listen to all sides as one of his major strengths. Conway credits Schwarzenegger for raising up the voices of minority Republicans during budget negotiations. I always appreciated the fact that I feel that Governor Schwarzenegger was inclusive. Everybody's opinion did matter. And uh, I mean, it was it's part of his DNA, I think. Still, Stutzman says that after Schwarzenegger won re-election in 2006 and reneged on a campaign promise not to raise taxes. At that point, I think Republicans were getting frustrated. And two of his crowning achievements may have undercut an already waning Republican Party in California. 
First, in 2008, he wrote a ballot measure that took legislative redistricting powers away from lawmakers and put them in the hands of an independent commission. Then in 2010, as he prepared to leave office, Schwarzenegger backed a ballot measure that ended party primaries in California and allowed the top two candidates to move on to the general election, meaning neither party has a guaranteed spot in the runoff. If you want to make sure the lines are fair and if your goal was to make sure that the election was determined by as many voters as possible, Republican and Democrat, then that was a success also. That's Alan Zarenberg, CEO of the Cal Chamber. He says the initiative did what Schwarzenegger and other backers wanted. They opened the door to electing more centrist politicians. Stutzman also sees those measures as a win because they strip power from both parties. And says Schwarzenegger achieved other victories, like reforming workers' comp. By and large, I put Arnold up there, uh, his Republican governor record with, with just about any Republican governor we've had. As of today, he's also the last GOP governor California has seen. And that was KQED politics correspondent Marisa Lagos. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com.